0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break, well... This is actually the Nostradamus podcast, as last week I kind of uh, predicted a little something-something. New York likes firing coaches, they do, right? Uh, I believe I've heard that, yeah. Outside of, outside of Derek Fisher, who somehow has kept his job. It's a miracle. See, I called it. I'm Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Wood. What's up, guys? And Dave Oster, who's been here for a month. That's that's pretty impressive. That is impressive, at least for you. For the story, the horror stories of Dave Oster that I've heard.
0: Hey, I'm here. I'm conscious. I'm talking. What more could you ask for? Some would call
2: Dave Cal. I'd call him Cal. On the way.
1: Heart.
0: He's
2: he's getting coming there. for you. He's getting there. Cal. Yeah,
1: Cal Ripken. Oh, oh, okay. I I know we can't. I was thinking like a, a, you, right, a TV thinking, character, no, not, Cal. not Cal Ripken. No, the, not, the
2: Iron the Iron Man. No, he's not Cal from Talladega Nights. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my wife now. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what Derek Fisher did, though. He oh, stole Matt Barnes' wife, mm-hmm. just completely stole off mm-hmm. of them. And then you know, D. Fish gets fired, doesn't even try to recuperate, and just goes on to a trip to Mexico with, uh, yep. Going with Matt on Barnes' wife.
2: Well, Going not, on he's, vacation. he's got the time now. Now he doesn't have to uh, worry about the Knicks, and, and Phil I can't Jetson.
1: blame him. I mean, Phil, I feel you know he brought him in for two seasons, thought he could run the triangle, and then uh, D. Fish kind of uh, he, he, he sucked to be to be blunt he says suck dick. is a nice phrase yeah he, he better, su-
2: better this year though than last oh yeah year. i mean he, he was i mean Last poor year Zin dropped, got 65
1: games mm-hmm. he's uh, got poor 17 65 20.7% winning percentage to, uh, this year 23 and 31 on the up and up, and I believe they were in somewhat of a playoff contention, because mm-hmm. the East is pretty close. I don't think they were in a they top a eight little spot.
0: little bit in the last uh, month, but yeah, they, they were, were, they were think, in contention.
1: I think that was really the the, the main reason he got fired. I mean, they're there's 16 and a half games, at the time of recording this, uh, Hornets are in the eighth spot. They're 11 and a half games back. New York Knicks are six and a half, sixteen and a half games back. So five games away from uh, the A spot but in their past you know 10 games they're 1 and 9 and they lost 6 straight. So obviously Phil Jackson's just getting sick of D-Fish and I think D-Fish really wasn't going to be the main coach or you know he wasn't going to be a mainstay in the NBA at least in New York. I don't th- I don't know I don't know if well, this is it's
2: a t- it's not that I don't think he when Phil brought in Fish I don't think it was like a you're a placeholder. I think it really was, "Hey man, you're the only one I have." To trust to run my triangle and then after last year after part of the season phil jackson he has been in chicago la two teams that their fan bases are like if you start to like trail off especially la you start to trail off fans get upset new york is like a million times worse so Mm -hmm. to me phil was like hey you know what i don't want to piss off these fans anymore fire d fish We'll go out and get someone in the off season.
1: I didn't mean like placeholder. I just more meant. I think people just kind of assumed that like you know D Fish wasn't going to be a, a star head coach. I, mm-hmm. I I I got the feeling immediately when they hired him, like really they're going to hire D Fish right after he retired. I don't think he's going to be anything good. He's
0: who Phil Jackson could trust? Yeah, no, I I think it was a smart move because it was like, all right, this guy has spent so many years in the triangle system. If anybody knows it as good as I do, he's got to. Mm-hmm. So Phil Jackson had that faith in him. And I think the problem really wasn't Derek Fisher running the triangle. It was more so with Derek Fisher handling the rest of the uh, uh, players out there. Mm -hmm. He never really got that separation of himself as not a player. He couldn't be a professional about it. He didn't really have a lot of the, I want to say, coaching tactics or anything outside of just knowledge of the game, but he didn't know how to implement it. He didn't know how to translate that down to his team. And I feel like Phil pulled the trigger at the right time because this is a team that has a lot of potential going forward. And if you wait until next year and, look, maybe Derek Fisher has a winning record at this point next year, You can't pull the trigger. Then even if, again, there's these coaching deficiencies, it looks really bad on you to be like, oh, well now he's winning, you're going to fire him? I mean, it's, I feel that even if, let's say it well, was like Well, it's Phil, so you're not going to question well, it, but let, it's New York, so are going to blow it yeah, that's up. That's what
2: I was going to say. If even, let's say... The Knicks somehow finished where they're one, they have a winning record by one game. Yeah. If Phil said, you know what, we're going to pull the trigger, I feel like New York fans would be like, you know what, this guy's garbage, anyways. Let's get rid of him. I mean, when, we dra- when they drafted Porzingis. They booed him. Oh, now absolutely. Now they loved him. Now they love Porzingis.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it kind of might be like a David Blatt situation. Like, if they fired him, even with a winning record, then they'll be like, all right, well, he wasn't the guy coming in. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't really anything special. No, but really they hired him. By team. He
2: was like... He was the guy when was, they hired the him, The yes. thing with David Blatt, though, was he was hired pre-LeBron James. Then LeBron James came and changed everything. It wasn't like they drafted Porzingis and Fisher was like, well, no. now what team... No, mm-hmm. they... I, I feel like when Derek Fisher came in, it's like, okay, we're thinking about this kid. Yeah, his he answer was, was you're going everything.
0: to win with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. That's your job is to find a way to get this team to win with Carmelo Anthony. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't motivate Carmelo. Carmelo is very lackluster play. And up until pretty much the start of this season, uh, I'm taking the entire 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. he was totally just... Not happy. He wasn't going to try—I mean, what, he sit out like a shit ton of mm-hmm. games last year, too.
2: Well, and there was a reason he went—I mean, well, yeah, he wanted, reason. Well, reason. he wanted to be wined and dined because, yeah. honestly, I'd like to be wined and dined, too, by well, L.A., <laughs> Chicago, New York. But maybe a little bit of that reason was, hey, let me see what a Chicago and L.A. have to offer because, I, like you said, he sat out so many games last year— they don't have fish.
1: Mello set out uh, 42 games. He played 40 and started mm-hmm. 40. He's already broken that as he started 48 and, uh, forty-eight games this season exactly. already. So. He, he seems to have
0: gotten some more motivation this year. But, again, it's just if your job is Derek Fisher is to win with Carmelo and for half of that first year you didn't have Carmelo and when he was out there, he didn't give a flying fuck about you, you're not going to get far. So he, Derek Fisher did very little to win over that locker room. He obviously was missing a lot as a coach. A lot of his questionable timeout calls or just refusal to call timeouts on long runs. It's one of the things that was really impressive about watching Golden State was it was it was very controlled, very smart usage of their timeouts. I mean, if they got on a six-point run the other way, not afraid to call that timeout. Steve mm-hmm. Kerr, very sharp on that. And to that extent, Luke Walton took in the same mm-hmm. fashion. Not quite as on top, uh some of his like timeouts and then subs in and out of timeouts, not as hot, but again, it's that whole there's so many little games going on as a head coach in the NBA, and Derek Fisher just doesn't have it yet. I'm not saying he won't ever, but he's still you know two years in as a head coach. He needs to get his ground. he needs to find his own way, kind of thing. He's not Phil Jackson. Phil, you can't mold him to be you. Yeah, that, I mean, that's basically what you know. This taught us.
1: I think the main thing was obviously D. Fish had no coaching experience at all coming into this se- yeah. season. I mean, coming into his job. So I think that obviously hurt him. But you do bring up Luke Walton. Luke Walton, guy who spent a lot of time in the triangle, guy who has proven that he can win. I mean, obviously he's got the best team in the NBA. You know, playing for him, mm-hmm. but he obviously proved that he can win. And well, take no, a he team can't win coach.
0: because he has zero wins as a coach. All right, no, those are all, all right. Steve Kerr wins.
1: Not technically speaking, <laughs> like, we saw what was happening. I know that he, you know, he's not going to get the, the, the uh, win, and obviously Barack Obama was like, Luke Walton, <laughs> getting a ton of wins, and uh, no credit for it, and then kind of acting like he was salty, because mm-hmm. he kind of feels like Luke Walton. But anyways, I'm not try- I'm trying to get in politics, I'm just trying to quote. But uh, Luke Walton obviously played some uh, time with Phil Jackson, obviously has ties with Phil Jackson, he was under uh, Phil Jackson in LA. Is Luke Walton the obvious choice for the new, new York Knicks job? To me, no. He
2: is not the obvious choice, and the reason being is I feel there are two choices. For this job. Number one, you go on the side that you just talked about. You take the guy, just like Derek Fisher was. You played with Phil Jackson. You played under Phil Jackson. You know the triangle. Well, apparently Derek Fisher was supposed to Mm -hmm. know how to run Phil's system. I'm not saying that Luke Walton's going to come in and fail, but it's the same situation as that. To me, the other option is you pick the only candidate out there that fits just, to me, the... Overall, just theme of a New Yorker, a guy that's going to push his players to the limit, make them give it all he's got. Sometimes, could he play his players a little bit too much and get them fatigued? Yes. But it's either Luke Walton or Tom Thibodeau in my mind.
0: Interesting choice with Tom Thibodeau, because if I've ever seen a lazy-ass basketball player, his name is Carmelo Anthony. There's a second reason, other than money, Carmelo did not come to Chicago. It's because of the fear of Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe that's the kind of coach though Melo needs
0: one. That's I'm not going saying to, he doesn't see, need it, and there's definitely benefit to be had. But will he play for him? That I mean, again, it's one is part diva. And we saw yeah, to me, he can shut it, it down out, if yeah. he wants.
2: To. to me, then that's where if that happened, like, and anything can happen at this point. They're not going to make a decision until after the season. That's right. what Phil Jackson yep. has said. But yeah, and it doesn't me, make sense to. I'm just leaning like I look at. Thibodeau, did I like Thibodeau when he was here? Yes, I did. Here being Chicago, where we are, and I just be like, man, you know what? That New York, just that stereotypical, just attitude of a New Yorker. That's what Tom yeah, he's Thibodeau an asshole. Will. He fits yeah. perfectly. And he's I mean, an and asshole. also you get to say, screw you, Boston fans, because he started. In Boston as a Doc River assistant.
1: Yeah, I mean, is that a screw you to Boston though? I think he's just we got guy. Just getting a job, guy. Uh, yeah, but I and mean, they found a pretty go- good guy in Brad uh, Stevens he's, to replace him. A so, solid so, choice. I don't think Boston's going to be too mad. There. <laughs> no, I mean,
0: but, I think you got to you got to take into account also Luke Walton's time. You know, well playing, mm-hmm. he was basically in the corner. He might as well have been on the bench, being an assistant <laughs> coach for the last couple Kobe, of years. Kobe, I'm
2: open. Nope, Kobe, you got it. Good swish.
0: Exactly. So I mean, this is a man <laughs> who has many years on the bench. Not in a great way. Yeah. But, you know, he's very comfortable with the you coaching. You tried on that joke. You tried. <laughs> I tried. I got nothing Bench, back. I Bench understand. is a
2: player and as a coach, and when he was actually winning games, air quotes, he wasn't yeah. winning games, air quotes.
0: Yeah. No, I think Thibodeau would be great. Um, again, though, one of the problems that he's going to run into, similar to Tyron Lue, where Tyron Lue wants to take that Cavaliers team and mm-hmm. really get them running. He mm-hmm. wants that up-tempo. He needs them to run because that's what he sees winning across the league. And that's not a team that is conditioned for it. And that's why I'm happy Phil was like, you know what? I'm going to do it next year, like off season, Because yeah. you can't do a mid-year change in personalities from Derek Fisher to somebody like Tom Thibodeau mm-hmm. and expect to see good results. All you're going to see is players just absolutely gassed out there. So I think it's a smart move by Phil Dett. I, I, I would like to agree with you. Thibodeau would be a great choice for them. But I think Luke Walton just has anybody
1: eating out of the palm of his
0: hand either right way, now. It's
2: his choice. Either way. You can go with either one. You're not making a bad choice.
1: I'm going to throw this out there. Kurt Rambis is the interim head coach now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He take over this team, bring him to the NBA Finals or NBA playoffs? <laughs> not the finals. Whoa, not up. the finals. He's getting ahead NBA of playoffs. There does Turt Rambis stay because he obviously is, he spent time in LA as an assistant it's 94 he was from 94 to 99 he was an assistant then 99 he was the head coach and then he came back 2001 to 2004 was an assistant then 2005 to 2009 he was an assistant so i mean he's proven that he's i mean he, he's been with Phil Jackson throughout like Phil's career in LA he's been a coach before with the Timberwolves he went back to LA in 2013 2014 as an assistant Love does it. he get the chance I feel like, or do they want that big? He's name. kind of a lifer as an
0: assistant coach. Mm-hmm. He's found his groove. He knows his level of competence, responsibility, and he's got this experience to hopefully. I mean, I think they're hoping that somebody's experience to him could kind of work with the younger head coach Derek Fisher to kind of guide him in the right direction, help him bring this team together. Obviously, didn't help out a ton, or didn't work out with that combo this time. But that's not to say that you know, now all of a sudden he's going to see this as his chance to break out and go take over head coaching job somewhere else. I'm sorry, there's a lot of good head coaches that are going to be available in this offseason, and I would not put my money on Kurt Rambis getting one of those jobs. Well, I,
2: I I lean towards the no as well, only because, mm-hmm. I mean, he had the one kind of maybe a half because it says Ninety nine, he was the assistant, and then went to the head coach. He was, it was, in he LA. was a
1: fill-in. Yeah, he was an interim. And yeah, I think he his only like-
2: his only time as a real head coach with the Timberwolves where he didn't really do much. But at the same time, you can look at that and say, Ricky, it's the Timberwolves. Let's yeah. be honest here.
1: So my Kurt Rambis idea didn't work; it flopped. All right, but look at let's look at the available head coaches or or, or mm-hmm. head coaches that, or assistant head coaches that we do think will be available. We got Thibodeau. we got Luke Walton. We got Jeff Hornacek, the two-time three-point champion. Damn right. D. Fish, which obviously isn't going to be brought back. I mean, when I heard this move that they were fired, David Blatt. I forgot about one, David Blatt. Yep. When I first heard this move that you know Phil Jackson was firing Derek Fisher,
2: you're missing one too. Oh, sh- Lionel Hollins. He's out there. Yeah,
1: that there's I a reason mean, I missed him. He got
0: fired by the Nets.
2: There's He's reason, out
1: there, though. There's, <laughs> though. there's a reason I missed him. Um, <laughs> Ricky, you're also available to coach I am. in the NBA. I am. If you guys, I have a resume. My know, number I... is 555-247. Five, 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 <laughs> <seven>. Former uh, <laughs> cashier at, uh, at at a, a local grocery <laughs> store. Uh, I got some DJ. Uh, I, I've called a couple women's basketball games. I got, I got you my qualified. experience. Yeah, I, I do I, I qualify. I think I've watched. I think uh, the Nets would look that up. I've watched enough games I have the same coaching experience as Derek Fisher did when he got Got a job. There so you go. uh we obviously see that the head coach is available. Which one is most likely? Is it Luke Walton? I, I mean, when I when I when I first heard the news, I thought Phil Jackson was just going to step in. I thought he was going to pull Pat Riley. Oh no. man, no. I would love to see. I would. I would love it. to
2: see it, but I don't think he's going to do it. No,
0: he
1: is obviously not. And he said yeah, so there's I, no way. I
0: don't think Phil gives enough of a fuck to show up to every single game. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry, the man is.
1: I, I we always call him like the Zen Meister, the
0: Zen Meister, all this kind of shit. Dude just gets high. Let's be honest. He's a very smart coach. Well,
2: when you just said like he'll come in, all I could think of is, um, it was the one TNT segment with Shaq when he's on the couch. Yeah. He's like, Phil always coming in with this stuff that smells. He said it was like feng shui stuff. It just smelled like weed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Phil gets stoned. know that. Phil, Phil gets Phil's stone.
0: not going to show up to every game. It, he's there for a lot of them, and that's what matters. But he, him on the court he's there for is the a different presence. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that, well. That's totally different. But no, him on the court is a different presence. Like I remember back in the day like on the Bulls and on the uh, Lakers, imposing presence, mm-hmm. always had that calm about him. He always was the smartest guy on the floor, and you knew it just by looking at him, the way he handled his team. So, I mean, would I love to see it again? Yeah. But he, he's too old. He's done. He's just He wants to plan this team from a higher point.
1: You he, know? Was, plus, he was very similar he, to Pop, is what I was just going to say. Plus, yeah. when he
2: coached sure. those two teams, kind of like Pop, you could mm-hmm. say, as well. When he was on the Bulls, he kind of had this player called Michael Jordan. I mean, that helps. And with the Lakers, he kind of had this player called the Black Mamba. But let's let's put it this way. I mean... Pop has Tim Duncan, by the way.
1: Yeah. And yeah. David Robinson. Yeah. And, I
2: mean, that, and the Admiral.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Tony Parker, Manny Genova, and Manny Genoa, but you also forgot Shaq and Scottie Pippen, too. Well, okay, okay. I'm
2: members. talking about the main, le- like yeah, the main yeah, yeah, people yeah. I remember from most of the, so,
1: the leaders. what you're saying is Carmelo Anthony and Porzingis no. God do not equal Michael Jordan? Nope. Are you sure? Uh,
2: Carmelo Anthony doesn't even come near that.
0: You
1: know, it helps to have a great player
0: for a great coach, but look at the difference when you have a great player without a great coach like LeBron James. Rewind the
2: podcast to, I don't know, a few minutes ago when Dave talked about Melo being lazy. Yeah, To me, that doesn't scream a player that you want as a leader of the team, and i we're, Absolutely not, getting, not. we're not getting into that discussion because I know... Maybe we like, will. We, well, we've compared it to like football with Jay Cutler. That's why people don't like Jay Cutler. It, I think Jay Cutler seems.
0: gives off a perception, but Melo actually lives no, that. Yeah,
2: Melo actually does live it, and to me, that's the reason why the only two choices in my mind are Walton and Thibodeau. Blatt may be a third, but Blatt's more of a, okay, we're going to have a younger team so let's do Same. try to do what the Cavs tried to do. But Thibodeau's going to come in, and the reason why I pick him over Walton is he's going to come in, light a fire under these guys in a way that the typical New York fan is going to get behind it because they are going to like how much he pushes this team because New York fans don't give a shit. They just want to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, they haven't won in a long time. And they just want to win. The just one win, thing, baby. The one thing I do want to throw out here is when D. Fish was hired, same year that Steve Kerr was hired, mm-hmm. guy who has been in the triangle offense, you know, a guy who is now succeeding, maybe probably two different teams there. You know, you Well, got, Steve Kerr know. had that background experience
0: on the Spurs. Well, I was going to say also, do you think that he right
2: before he was hired by the Warriors, he was in the Suns' front office? Do you that think that, that? Well,
1: point, he he was out of it. He, he left in Well, yeah, but do you think
2: that... Having that experience of a year or two in a front office situation helps a coach rather than right after playing, I'm going to go right into coaching.
1: Well, possibly, but you could also think like, you know, Derek Fisher was with Phil Jackson for, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 plus years. You know, Steve Kerr was with Phil Jackson for five years and then he was with Pop for... I believe three years, four years. So he he's obviously been around coaches. So I mean I think it's similar there and he was more of just a he was a GM, so it wasn't really he had coaching mm-hmm. experience. He probably learned about more about like front off like back office, front office and all that stuff about that. But I mean, do you think the Knicks are kicking themselves for not maybe getting no. Steve Kerr?
2: No, they're not even thinking about that. Because that's something that I mean, teams every single team across the um, just league. the league every single time. You'd drive yourself crazy if you think about stuff like that. It's kind of like the news that came out this past week. Oh, do you think the Cavs or the Lakers are kicking themselves that they didn't make the Kobe-LeBron trade back in 07? Which
1: would have got vetoed to you, shit. You,
2: you can't think about that stuff because at the end of the day, it's a choice you made, and now you got to move on from it. Because if Steve Kirk came into New York, who says – he would be doing the same thing he did in Golden State well, because I, guess I would who's say not that. there? Guess who's not there? Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. It's a total. different yeah, as I was gonna
0: you got Carmelo, you got Bargnani, you got
1: Calderon, and uh, that's a that's a big three right there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I and mean, don't forget Amari was still there uh, when his back wasn't given out. Uh, Jr. was still there uh, when he wanted to play, and Shumpert then.
1: Yeah, yeah, Schumacher the the first year. So you're saying you don't want a big three of Carmelo Anthony, the number one pick in the 2007 draft, Andrea Bagnardi and Jose Calderon. I'm just, saying, I mean, who, some
0: thought though that team was to going to the playoffs
1: and doing business. Who's
2: yeah. to say that they would have the same success? We don't know, and you can't think about it because it didn't happen.
1: I was just putting it out there. No, I know. Dude, I, I know. don't get that's pissed at me. Just don't what get I'm all saying. salty. We're going to move into trade deadline talk now. Does Mellow get traded? Let's just jump in right now. Do you think Mellow gets traded?
0: No. No. Because no. of money.
2: Because no of, te- no of money? wants that money. Money and contract length. It's not like he's at the end of it. A- he just signed a deal a year ago. So, I mean, no team is going to want that money. It's all about expiring contracts to me.
1: That's right. who's getting moved. So then what expiring contract Dwight. will get moved? Dwight. Well, well, Dwight he's the big one. He's the big name. Where He's not and- technically expiring. It- he could, he could. He's a player when, option. When he could De- a option.
2: Dwight, when people say, oh, Dwight's probably going to opt out. Let's be honest. He's going to opt what out.
0: What if he lands on a good team? What if he What if he finds his mojo? I think he still opts out. What mm. if him and Pat Riley, you know, just, just find a groove going down there in Miami? So you're saying he's getting traded I'm not saying he's going to Miami. <laughs> I'm just saying what
1: if. Whiteside's also an expiring contract. So I think mean, about mm-hmm. it. How about All that? Right. Let's throw this out. Will you help me? Will we help you? Let's throw this out here. Dwight, give me the three teams that he'll go to three possible teams that he'll go to because, you know, he's he's going to be an expiring contract. He said that, you know, he's not going to stay with the Rockets mm-hmm. if he he doesn't move this year. So give me the three teams that, you know, the Rockets will try to make a deal with to move Dwight, if they even move Dwight. Because we've seen that the Rockets said, like, we're not sure if we're moving Dwight, but they've also contacted all 30 teams about Dwight's contract. Yeah,
0: yeah we're getting some mixed messages out of their front office. Well, and the big name that comes to
2: just my head is, the Celtics only because mm-hmm. I know we talked about they have a ton of bigs, but they have the assets that Houston wants to work with. Well, it's either them or Miami.
1: Yeah. They have they have young bigs that can be moved, and you know young mm-hmm. bigs that aren't crucial to their point, And you think you bring in Dwight Howard that they can be moved. So you're saying Celtics, Miami. Is there mm-hmm. any third team, dark team that you want to throw in there?
2: Just because I want to throw it out there because I saw a headline for it, and I, this trade's not going to happen. I just want to throw it out there. Brilliant. Goes to play with Stan Van and Detroit. So
1: you're going to put the Woo! two worst free throw shooters in the league in the same team? Yes. Is, I mean, like, you remember Dwight. that, like... hack Dwight and hack a Drummond on the right? same team. You like, four-hour
0: playoff game because of free throws. Oh, this is going eight. Like, the this unwatchable Houston playoff game. I turned it off four different times and it still wasn't over. I, there's no way that happens, but, man, would that be fun to watch.
1: All right, then what's your three teams for
0: Dwight? I'm with you on two of them. I mean, I think the Celtics, because, A, they've got the pieces... Miami, because Whiteside's contract versus Dwight's contract, they're obviously going to flip. And look, in Dwight, you get a very experienced player who knows what it takes to go to the playoffs. He's carried a team to the finals on his own back. And this is a team that, if they get on a roll, maybe they could knock out you know the Cleveland Cavaliers in seven. There's a chance. I'm not saying that it'll happen every time, but look, Dwight on that team makes them better, period. Whiteside brings a ferocity on his defensive end. He loves to block everything that comes near that rim. Uh, but again, he's young, he's aggressive, and he's it's going to lead to costly fouls. He's gotten a couple of flagrants as of recently, mm. and it, he just needs more control to his game. Offensively, Dwight's going to absolutely give you a, a, an entire another level than Whiteside. But I think this way both teams win because... At the end of the day, Dwight may or may not resign. Whiteside is going to be a free agent. So Houston can move forward and figure out. I think they're at a point where they want to rebuild that team around Harden legitimately. Not not this piecemeal shit mm-hmm. part way through Harden's contract. It's okay, Harden's twenty five. It's about to come into his prime. Let's make sure that he's set up to run as deep in the playoffs as possible. I think it's perfect timing
1: for it. Now I mean, we bring up that Dwight's gonna get moved. But we also are not bringing up Dwight's personality. We've seen, you mm-hmm. know, he wanted out of Orlando. He went to L.A., was not happy, did not mesh at all, you know. So they needed to trade him. And then in, I mean, Houston, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of like iffy. And, and you know, it's like kind of like all right, you know, him and Harden get along. Then they can't stand each other. Then they get along. Then they can't stand each other. Then they go deep in the playoffs. And then all this stuff happens. And they start off the season horribly. And then it's just a rolling ball. McHale gets fired. And just this team is just hasn't been returning to form of last year. So does I mean Dwight's personality get traded? I mean, put into this because obviously we see the contract. You know, he's he's an expiring slash player contract, right? I mean, do people avoid him because of his personality? Would no. you avoid him for his personality?
2: No, he's he's, uh, he's a kind he of to if I it. if I need a big, and to me, if I'm looking just to like, unless I'm like a team where it's like the Clippers or the Cavaliers. If I'm a team that's like, okay, we're just needing that one extra, like, Golden State maybe if they want to add one piece. I think of the Cavs more like that. Like, maybe let's add one three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Then I take in the what kind of a player he is. But with this one, it's I'm probably going to get him, use him for this year, and he's going to opt out, so it won't matter to me anyways.
0: I don't know. In one year, you can do a lot of damage. Think about the damage he did in L.A. in his first year. I mean, the man had Kobe bitching him out practice after practice. Mm -hmm. He's like, nope, don't give a fuck. I'm here to be an entertainer. I'm in L.A. I'm going to live my life. And I
2: mean, looking back at it, was that kind of, not Dwight, but just the overall timeline, was that the beginning of the decline for the Lakers of what we see to where they are now? No, they followed their path.
0: It's... It was Kobe plus a big, Kobe plus a big, and it worked for him mm-hmm. in the past. Bynum, obviously, his body gave out on mm. him before that could have come to fruition, but it still lined up with you know exactly what they need to do. They had the right pieces. Dwight just didn't want it, and that's what it comes down mm-hmm. to at the end of the day. And if Dwight's not going to want it, the impact of having your you know, multi-million dollar big just absolutely not care, be nonchalant in practice, not give it his all— that has rippling effects across the rest of the team because they see that and go, "Well, if he's not going to fucking try, why would I? Like, what's the, what's the difference, you know?"
1: And you're bringing it into a playoff team, so I mean, obviously, you want your te- team to mesh and be, you know, cohesive or co- yeah, I was yeah say, cohesive. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you you don't want to bring in Dwight and just have it throw off your whole. Yeah, so team. Is he I mean,
0: like the TO equivalent in the NBA? Is I, that was, lots I, of thinking, I was thinking that's a good TO, yeah. And I may, I think that's
2: a perfect explanation for Dwight. So who's is his he,
0: quarterback? Is, it's
2: my quarterback. <laughs> James Harden is not... I'm going to throw out one trait that I'm looking at an article right now from hoopshabit.com on the Fan Side Network. Their number one landing spot for Dwight. And when I saw it, I was kind of like, what the fuck is this? The Clippers, in a mute... They And this is a quote, in this mutually beneficial trade scenario, the Clippers and Houston Rockets would execute a Dwight Howard for DeAndre Jordan trade, and I'm like, why would you do this?
1: That's an awful trade. Everything is like— That's a terrible trade. The
2: Mavericks. Okay, you wanted DeAndre Jordan in the offseason. You could make a trade for Dwight and just have him switch Texas teams. They had Boston on this list. Cool. A team we already mentioned. Miami, a team we already mentioned. Atlanta, if they want to do a Horford-Howard swap, and then they get to this at the top. We get to the Clippers, and this was a total like, I'm like, why would you even want to do this if you're L.A.
1: So why why'd you throw it? That's a horrible trade. I, I just mean, threw it out there just to. That's an looking at that talk about looking it. Looking at that, that trade, you you get to White, who's an aging veteran who has not been himself since you know 2010, and then you have DeAndre, who is a monster on the boards. I mean, he's just big, so that's how he scores on on offense. And he fits well with the Clippers, and the Clippers have been winning, so why, you know, bring in DeAndre, or get out DeAndre when you have all this chemistry, and then you throw in Dwight, who's obviously has personality issues, and you obviously, you know, he's on the decline, so I don't know about that. To be fair,
0: numbers this year are comparable. Dwight's putting up 14.6 and 12, DeAndre's doing uh, 12 and 14. And here's the one thing they put. For Houston, the quote is, For Houston, acquiring
2: Jordan would mean landing a player similar to James Harden in age and experience. That duo could grow together without the pressure of appeasing an eight-time All-Star who commands a high number of touches offensively. Okay,
1: yeah, but that seems like a win, uh, just a complete, you know, not... It just seems like a complete, like, win for the Rockets, and you get nothing, and the, the Clippers just completely get destroyed in that trade. I mean, looking at Dwight's numbers, yeah, 14... He's quietly having an okay year 14 12 and then one block. but I think that's the one thing that Deandre brings is Deandre still is a block he's younger and a half up on him and he, yeah and he's 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 better defensively I mean, and
0: he's more prepared to take. he's more athletic. Yeah, and the fact that he well, can he, run the floor and accept—he's used to the lob city. kind Yeah, of shit, he's younger so. too,
1: so I mean, he's obviously got—you know—he's got youth. He's got an okay personality. I mean, we saw that he—he he wasn't. You guys had a previous podcast where it was, is DeAndre mm-hmm. I, Jordan I, immature? Yeah. Uh, so I shit, mean, yeah, we're obviously you know he, but on he a different level. Yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard just seems like you know kind of like the prima donna that we said about Carmelo Anthony. Where DeAndre just seems confused. Kind on of on the
2: other side of the trade, they said for L.A. Howard would be less of a liability in the Hackashack situations, which I'm kinda like eh, and would provide something it desperately needs. Postseason experience beyond the second round.
0: I don't and think I that like that you can do go, like beyond the second round. Like are we baseball stats now? Most hits mm-hmm. on a Thursday after three PM. <laughs> like yeah, let's let's I, just go ahead and do that.
1: I don't know. What's, a, it, what's he like when it's fifty degrees out on a Sunday in uh, Los Angeles with a slight mist? Okay, okay. In this situation, though, with a hat on backwards, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: will I will defend that playoff experience is a good thing, especially no, no when you I, but, get. Yeah, deeper. but also maturity is
1: also. Yeah, a big, and I mean with Dwight
2: Howard, the big thing is which Dwight are you going to get? And to me, the thing with this is yes, postseason experience is huge, but when did he have that experience? Earlier in his career when he was with Orlando.
1: But I would see he's I would rather have and plus he had it last year with Houston. Houston Mm -hmm. got to the the Western Conference Finals. But I would rather have DeAndre Jordan with youth and you know, probably more he's obviously more athletic and have Doc Rivers and then you know Dwight Howard, who's an aging vet. Who's I mean you can make the you can make the thing that mm-hmm. he has more playoff experience, but you know he's more immature, he's older, he's aging, and you're still going to get Doc Rivers there. But I mean it's just I I don't that trade's just it seems horrible for the Clippers, and you're ruining what you're you've been great with Al Blake Griffin, which is very weird. Let obviously. me throw this
2: out there that I know Kobe couldn't do it in L. A. Is Chris Paul the kind of veteran to just set if the trade happened? Set Dwight on a straight path. I mean, and keep them in line. See, I think
1: Dwight him
2: needs, and the truth on that team. Two
0: leaders, two high stars. But they had Steve Nash.
1: Team. They had Kobe when they brought in Dwight. So I mean, you I could also say, say you that had a
0: lot of very veteran savvy players. That was, they, were like the they were kind of like the Yankees.
1: They were kind of like the Yankees of the NBA, where they had just a ton of veterans, and you know they couldn't even wrangle in Dwight Howard. So I don't. I, I personally, I think that's a horrible trade. Just to be completely honest, I think that's a horrible trade for the Clippers. And you're ruining this this thing where you, you lose Blake, Blake Griffin, but you weirdly become a better team. Well, bring up Blake Griffin now. Well, cause... that's
2: not going to be the trade. And I was thinking in my head, oh, well, what about mm. Dwight for Blake? And then in my head, that's I'm like, you're not going to. That's
1: awful gonna... deal. That's wait, somehow worse.
2: Wait, I said you're not going to do that because you don't want. It's the only way you even make that trade happen is Dwight for DeAndre. You can't have De- DeAndre yeah, and the same
1: completely team. destroyed yeah. yeah, and plus you need picks. Like you need picks even mm-hmm. on that DeAndre yeah. trade. Like that's just that's terrible. That's trade raiding. That's terrible. Okay, Charles. That's terrible. All yeah. right.
0: But <laughs> you, bring you know up- the weird thing though with Dwight though? The Sorry, last yeah, point on him. Go on. His early run in the playoffs on the that 9 magic team,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he was like what? The it, it's weird that there was no veteran savvy on that team. Uh Turk-
1: Hito... I mean J- Jamir Nelson wasn't really that old now and he's, uh, he's old now. Uh, yeah, Rashad that's the Lewis. Thing.
0: I mean you had Rashad Lewis, you had Turkaloo. Turkaloo, you had Tyron Lue. Well this was before you had Ty Lue. Ty Lue was Ty on Lue? That team. Was so this was
2: before Dwight got ring hunger. Ring hungry. This I was would when say.
0: I mean do you remember how jacked he was? The, mm-hmm. the game plan was Three-pointers out there, Dwight under the and about 15 feet of empty between. It's
1: honestly what the Clippers have kind of turned into. It's Which, DeAndre in the middle. He's huge. All right, that yep. works. All right, DeAndre just passes out when you're in trouble. You got you got on the outside, J.J. Redick. Same. Mm-hmm. He
0: was on that Magic team. Uh, and instead, you got Chris Paul out of the three. Much improved.
1: Yeah, and plus, he's better than Jameer Nelson. Just either just playmaking. Flat I mean, out. I mean, yeah. Chris Paul's the a, board. Chris Paul is <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Jameer but? Nelson. I mean, but? you know. Maybe best so point it's of all that, time. That, that team,
0: you know, didn't have that, and that's when Dwight really excelled. Mm-hmm. So the question is, does Dwight need to be that one man on a team where he is the star, not second fiddle to? Somebody else, someone like Kobe, someone like James Harden, someone Maybe. like Chris Paul.
1: I didn't give my, I didn't give my thing. I, 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 I see your point with the Chris Paul thing, but I think Chris Paul would be more of the star than Dwight because he's, that's, he's that's younger and he's, so, and he's but honestly. I does Dwight need to be that number one? Well, here's where, the thing, that,
2: Here's the thing. I'm gonna throw this out there. Of course, I think Chris Paul's the kind of player where it's like, okay, Dwight, I'll let you think whatever you want. We all know that it's like as long as with Chris Paul, it's as long as we're winning games. With Kobe, it's like no, 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 no. This is my team, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where the battle had, where Chris Paul would just be like, whatever, as long as
1: we're winning games, I'm happy. Well, final thoughts on Dwight Howard. You, you say that he wants to, he should be and the that's, star. That's, why that's, why that's I think Cleveland. Cle- I'm sorry, not Cleveland.
0: That's why I think the Celtics
1: make the mm-hmm. most sense.
0: Is a very a young team young around talent. him.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna bring this up. Did I, didn't give, that I didn't give him a, my team. I, I agree with the the Heat, and I agree with the Celtics. I don't know if he will work well with D Wade or Bosch, but they obviously have seen that they could put away mm-hmm. personality sides, and you know, mm-hmm. get make you know LeBron the key guy. If you just sub in Dwight, obviously you're going to get bigger there. You got the Celtics. You got the Heat. Orlando, very young team. Don't they need a star. Dwight's been the star. He's familiar with Orlando. Might not hit you know, Scott Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles <laughs> might not be the the, the the coach to wrangle in. Tristan, you know that three times. Scott fast. Skiles. Scott Skiles. Scott Skiles. Might be able to uh, wrangle in Dwight Howard. But you know, Dwight's gonna be the star. Dwight's been on that team. Dwight. I mean, kind of similar. I mean, you know, young team. You got Channing Frye even to space out the floor there. Kind of like that Hedo player a little bit bigger that but, would
0: be an interesting thing actually
1: i'm looking at that roster right now and yeah you might be on something hmm maybe you should call me up uh, phil jackson maybe i could be your new head coach uh <laughs> pretty good with numbers i was a cashier before but anyway we're <laughs> gonna move gonna move away from my glory days at the grocery store and we're gonna go over to uh, a player that you think is gonna be moved because we talked about blake Griffin before we talked about boogie cow boogie cowins boogie cousins before Who's a guy that we haven't mentioned that you think is gonna be traded? We'll go to Dave first, because we usually go to we go go to the left because I'm a lefty. We usually go to Ricky. <laughs> That's fair. Dave's, paw. Dave's on my right. Let's give it, let's give it to Dave. Who's your That's who's your guy enough. going?
0: My guy is Jeff Green. Because I want this Toronto Raptors team to take the initi- uh, initiative, the realization that this is this could be their one year. Mm-hmm. This could be that window, and I don't want them to miss it. What do they have in that four rule? They got Luis Scola. And I just love how that Pat Luis
1: Skolo rolls off with a laugh.
0: I mean, <laughs> <Luis> Scola, <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. So Luis Scola and Pat Patterson. Um, and my trade would be Jeff Green's Pat Patterson. Contracts work out. Jeff Green's a one-year deal. He is a technically a small forward. He can play that four, though. Size is exactly the same as Patterson, who plays that four. It, the, the only difference is jeff green more comfortable from the so, outside shooting so
1: that's that's your trait straight up straight up jeff green patterson you i but i i would see that the raptors are, are the the uh the thunder just kind of get screwed there cuz i mean patterson isn't the same quality as jeff green thunder the grizzlies. grizzlies grizzlies i'm sorry he used to be on the thunder my bad about that
0: yeah, yeah fair, fair enough fair enough no i i think that this is just something that they would soak like i'm sorry the entire game for Memphis mm-hmm. is that download game. If, yeah. So look, you want more download? There you go. But is Patterson
1: really a download guy? Is he? Is he strictly more so than than Jeff Green? Is he? Yeah. What? What? How many? How many threes are Jeff Green taking? I mean, he's obviously moving outside. Outside uh, the three point line area. Jeff Cause, Green because Patterson year. Patterson shoots about four a game. Okay. Four threes a game. So obviously, I feel like they're similar players. The guy I think of, if you're saying stretch floor who's on a block, you nope. got Orlando, who's a, an aging team, and I would say maybe Channing Fry, because you it could you, be interesting, yeah. Because Channing Fry, the, 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 he's a power forward at heart. Kid can shoot. He's not a kid anymore. He's like 32, <laughs> but you know, he can shoot. He's shown that he can shoot. I mean, when he gets start, he's right now he's getting 17 minutes a game. He shoots 39 percent from the field. But when he's getting you know starting minutes like in Phoenix, his last year in Phoenix. He shot thirty seven percent from three point land, eleven points uh, per game in, in twenty eight minutes. So I feel like Channing Fry could still you know add no, to, no, that, to add to a team there.
0: That that definitely makes sense. I, I just think Toronto needs to make that move. And look, I'll take Jeff Green, I'll take Channing Fry. I will take anybody to replace that four spot on this team so they can push over that edge. And just bitch slap the Cavs when they've got a chance because look, <laughs> bitch slap the Cavs. Well, look, this this is your one chance because think about it. you've got DeRozan. You're bringing Amy. up some bad memories today. you got the For Cavs me, who are in crisis right now. You know, Tyronn Lue, head coach. Da- Dave brought up, oh, this could be your one year. And yeah. all
2: that's going through my mind right now is when LeBron was in Miami and our Chicago Bulls had that one oh, year to uh, get past them.
1: It's all that's going through my head right now. One last, one last player I'm going to throw out there. Bucks have Jabari Parker. He's a power forward, but he can also kind of be a stretch player there. You know, stretch out the floor. He could drive a little bit. Jabari kind of having a down season. Bucks might not be faithful to him because he did have that injury. The trade would be Jabari Parker for Patterson and Anthony Bennett, but obviously trades would be going because, you know, Jabari Parker is still such a young player. So I mean the trying yeah, to be giving up. Have
0: tri- to drop a pick. Yeah, uh, at this would, point, yeah, you be go all picks. in.
1: Cuz I mean, they you got Demari Carroll. Demari Carroll can guard LeBron James. And that's what a- and he's if, known for, yeah. yeah. And if there's any guy who's going to be guarding LeBron James or, and he could do it effectively, it's probably Damari Carroll. He's probably only like probably five guys in the NBA can probably Pretty much. could probably, you know, defend LeBron James. Altang's yeah. still probably one of them. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's his father. father. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is your father. Kyle Lowry, I mean that's that's a pretty even matchup there with him and Kyrie. And then if you add, I I mean Channing Frye is different than Kevin Love. Obviously, you know Kevin Love's a better player there, but Velchunas is better than any big that uh, any like you know center position, any center that pseudo
0: center that they're using. Yeah, 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 center combo.
1: Yeah, center that the the Cavs have. So I could see the whole Jabari Parker thing if they want to give up trades. That would break
0: the bank for Toronto, but I mean I think that would also make it like look. We understand our situation. And at this point, I don't know if they do. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need to pull the trigger, make it happen this year. I mean, I understand it's not ideal because in the West you've got these monsters coming out, but yeah, look, this is your year for the East. Don't know when mm-hmm. it'll happen again.
2: It may never happen again. Ricky, who's, your,
1: who's your guy that's gonna be my
2: okay? My main guy is we talked about him before. This maybe me capping out, but Dwight Howard because Dwight? to me, to me, I feel like he's he's got to go. He needs a change of scenery. Here's the trade that I got worked out. And let's hear this if goal. it necessarily... This,
1: this uh, is, on, I'm going I'm to put a uh, disclaimer, disclaimer here. Because Ricky loves the trade machine, but I Ricky do. is not good at the trade machine. So I mean, the numbers Ricky's add got up. Us. That's, that's yeah, the key. Ricky just likes seeing the green bar that says, they this do. trade is
2: successful. <laughs> it, it, it's like playing a game. I feel like I've Force trades on. I, mean, I feel like I've Force trades <laughs> are on. This, yeah. <laughs> Here's the trade I've got. The Celtics get one player. That's Dwight. In okay. order to get Dwight, they give up David Lee. Makes A fifteen sense. mil one year contract. They give up Bradley seven point seven mil three years and Kelly O'Linnick two point one two years. So the Rockets get Lee Bradley and Olinick for Dwight.
1: I can see that because... uh, And maybe
2: you, like, throw some picks the Rockets way. Maybe some net picks.
1: Bradley's kind of similar to uh, Trevor Ariza, but maybe a little... He's he's smaller, he's younger, and And probably better defensively. You get
2: two bigs. The Celtics get to clean out some of the bigs. They give up two bigs for one. And
1: Olenek's still young, so Olenek maybe develop. He's got potential. But... I'm, I I could see that maybe. Are you throwing in picks there as well? It, it would have
0: to be like would, one pick, you'd I don't have think to, they'd give up the Nets you'd pick have because to give that's a, so high. Oh, yeah, they're not giving ha, up the Nets you'd pick. you have, have, they have like four picks. picks.
2: Yeah. Celtics would have to give picks to the Rockets. So,
0: basically, they could get back maybe a second from the Rockets if mm-hmm. they give up a first from one of their yeah, pool.
2: one of their own, their big pool. Here's another. I got a 2A
0: kind of one. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Same. No,
0: yeah, I'm team honestly surprised that one actually made. Like, yeah, we this didn't is, throw. You guys didn't go Good job, Rick. Yeah. They, okay. This better. is
2: one where it's a different big. It's a big that I would love to see get traded before Dwight. Same team though, the Boston Celtics. The Celtics get in this trade: Boogie, Co- boogie Cousins, I don't know, <laughs> you know I, I, I don't Boogie yeah. Cousins, Darren Collison, uh-huh. and Omir Caspi for David Lee and Bradley.
1: No, maybe throw Celtics Can't, would have to. The, Celtics are giving up that that yeah. Nets pick then because get, Cousins is way Cousins more, is more worth w- a first and yeah. You'd probably even maybe take or, out Caz, Caspi in that one.
0: Or you
2: can take out Collison, Caspi, and Bradley, and just try to do Boogie and D De, Boogie D Lee and a pick like Celtics would throw give up, up a pick. couple
1: picks, yeah, because. You could do you could DeMarcus do a D, you could of do D leave for
2: Boogie trade. And the only reason I'd like to see that done is I'd like the Kings to say, you know what? We're going to stay with George Carl and we're going to trade Boogie. And I just want to see Boogie in a Celtics green.
1: We'll get into I think the-
0: it's interesting, though. I mean, the, these big focus to the Celtics, and yet the Celtics problem is too many bigs. But they, no, they have They've too got many big, too many bigs they,
2: they, that it's like they, they need one main big. They have too they many bigs one that, main.
1: and none of them are true quality. Right. I mean, Jared Seliger is probably the best big and he's been doing, you know, he's, he's obviously grown. Kelly Olinick knows and it, how to break arms. He knows how to break arms, kind of. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like they need a quality big and they're, they're still in it. They're kind of in that Toronto where if you want to compete, you got to make a move. And, you know, no, I
0: wouldn't put them as close as Toronto, but I mean, they're... Well, Toronto, you're talking you about could, You can make the argument the that they are the third best
1: team in the the East, though. I mean, they're currently in that it's spot. It's sad, but true. It's, they're currently in that spot, and Isaiah Thomas could be a player that... You so know, Isaiah just, Thomas is playing out of his mind. He could just completely, you know, not wreck that team, but the Cavs. But he could cause some havoc in the Cavs, and then especially if you add a big man like Dwight, and he's like the main go-to guy where we've been saying like he needs that spot, then yeah, maybe it could be that. That could be interesting. I'm going to throw out my trade before we go back to that George Carl okay. thing. My trade is uh, kind of out there, and I don't know if it's going to work, but uh, Pistons, they have a guy named Andre Drummond who's nope. p- pretty damn good. Nope. Okay, you haven't even heard me. Nope. You're I said Drummond. On this one. You said
2: Drummond right away. I'm okay, so no, go wait,
1: wait, what was your first Dwight Howard tra- trade just, to, just the, go to on. the Kings? Jo- just go on. Yeah, Dwight was like actually, boogie cousin. Dwight's for like, actually going to be... Traded well, we Drummond, don't know that
2: Drummond. You're staying on the Pistons. But go are on. we okay?
1: Drummond, go on. Uh, Pistons are currently in the ninth nice spot. The Heat are currently in the fifth spot, and they currently have the worst scoring offense. Andre Drummond goes to the Heat with Anthony Tolliver and Damian Hillard. Those two are just complete cat moves because they are garbage. And the Pistons get Luol Deng cap again and Hassan Whiteside.
0: It's interesting because Deng still can probably play. It's not awful.
1: He's no longer the man he used to be, and he and he's gone after the year if they don't even want him.
0: Exactly. Whiteside, we've already covered him. Young, aggressive, uh, very defensive minded.
1: It's interesting. And you got Brandon Jennings, who could probably take over the scoring because he Mm -hmm. wants to. Yeah. You got Stanley Johnson, who can emerge. You have uh, uh, on the Pistons. You have uh, Reggie Jackson, who again is a scorer, just like Brandon Jennings. And you don't know. uh, And this is this is really depending on. If the Pistons are going in, and Drummond just comes up to him and he's like, "I'm not signing with you. Trade me." That's that's really the only thing is seeing if the Pistons are like, "I we can't keep Drummond. Let's try to get something for him, and we'll try to get Whiteside and sign him and give him a boatload of money." But that's the only way I can see that happening. I don't think Pistons are just that gonna that'd trade. Be
0: interesting. Where it's I don't want to say a win-win, but it's close. I mean, the, you
2: forget though who who's the head coach of the Pistons? Stan Van. What does Stan
1: Van need? Okay. That's the big, one thing he needs. A big that can't shoot free throws. Is a
2: big. And that's I just <laughs> Whiteside don't see. is
1: seven feet tall and two hundred and sixty five pounds, so he's pretty big. I would take if I'm Stan Van, I'm saying I'm gonna keep Drummond Drummond's a better
0: point.
2: And I don't think Drummond's gonna say, you know what, I don't wanna be here anymore. Unless I'm proven wrong, which maybe. but I don't he, see it. He
1: might just want to go to Greener Pastures, might want to get a bigger contract. Because his contract's up for this year, I mean, very similar. A, I mean, Whiteside's actually older. But Whiteside's twenty six, but you know, Drummond's been in the league longer. Because you know, mm-hmm. uh, actually, they're similar years, but Whiteside wasn't a, a high draft pick coming out. Yeah, he was second round uh, in twenty ten. Drummond was a first round pick in the top ten. So, I mean, and you obviously, I'm saying picks too. I mean, Heat are going to give up picks to get Drummond, but Drummond provides scoring that the Heat desperately need. White side could be a former P, uh, you know a future piece that costs a little less than Drummond will cost in this offseason and again it's dependent on if Drummond just comes out of nowhere and just says I want to be traded. Yeah. That's really what I'm saying.
2: I, see I think this is throwing too much of what if what
0: if to it. But to you know the common theme here? It's what it's if what to if. what if well, Drummond no, wants it, to it, leave. it's the East. Yeah. It's how do you mm-hmm. win the East because let's be honest, the West is wrapped up between three teams and at this point and, and the Thunder tweets are, may or may not even help yeah. you.
1: Thunder are even, like, fringe there, too. We don't know yeah. if the Thunder are really going to compete. And they probably need to make a move, too. But that's probably more of, like, a, a, a wing player that you know they can, who's they can the, use. You know who's the one
2: West team that needs to make a move? Like, outside of the top three? The Clippers. The reason why I say that is the roster that they have right now, they're not going to compete with the Spurs or the Warriors. Is it a, what we talked about earlier, is it a Dwight? Probably not. But they need something, probably... More on the level of Dave's Raptor Grizzly kind of a trade. I think they, they need to do something. Maybe moving Lance Stevenson for somebody you're going to F and use.
1: I think you need. I think you need six man if you're if you're really if you're going to be the Clippers because you have Crawford and Crawford usually comes off the bench. They or need you to get, find some Redding, way to compete. But in the I think playoffs. You, I mean, you, or you, you need to upgrade Lance that Stevenson. You need trade him or him. use him. You need you need to upgrade that small forward spot because Paul Pierce isn't going to do it. Paul Pierce oh, yeah, is Paul great Pierce off the bench. Just... Paul Pierce, I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously a great veteran presence, but he's not going to. He's not a starting small forward.
2: And I mean, I do agree with you, Dave. Use Lance Stevenson, but if you ain't going to use him, just f and get rid of him. But again, and you're, find uh,
1: someone you are going to. They're use. playing. They're playing him sixteen minutes a game, and he's only averaging four point seven points per game and two point five rebounds and a, a, a assist and a half a game. So I mean, is Lance Stevenson even a person that if you put him in the starting lineup, that he's really going to affect the game too much?
0: In his last ten, though, I mean, he's playing sixteen, putting down eight a game. Three rebounds. It's trending
1: upwards. That's all I'm saying. It's his use is going up. But what have we what have we really seen from Lance Stevenson? His ceiling was that 2013-2014 season in Indiana, where Absolutely. he had 35 minutes per game, shot 35 percent from three point land and only had 13 point points per game. 13, 14. Points I think per his game,
0: game translates to more than stats.
1: Yeah. All right. I mean, he could be more of a. a, a, a he's kind of a pest on yeah. defense. Just... <sighs> But we're moving away from a little little wind, a little blow action. We're going to Jorge Carl, as uh, Dave just lovingly <laughs> called him. Uh, Sacramento Kings, we're going to fire George Carl. Then George Carl met with Vivek Rana and they are like, no, we're not going to fire you. We're going to wait. And then uh, uh, we're not going to fire you today. Yeah, we're not going to fire you yet. So just watch out. But you, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, we're going to talk about the coaches that we think are going to be fired by the end of the season. Carl is obviously, you know, front runner in that. Department. Does this mean he
2: will be? Because we're the Nostradamus podcast now. I would like to believe so. Well, is he the next one gone? Because we just brought him up.
1: I hope so. I oh, know I don't hope so actually, because I, I feel like uh, I feel like you know George Carl is a, still a, a, a capable head coach. In the NBA, I don't think he's. If he gets fired, I don't think he's going to be brought back to a different NBA team. Mm-hmm. But I still think he's a, a capable head coach, I still like George. He's also George an Carl.
2: NBA uh, finals runner-up in '96.
1: He was good job. He's he was with the Supersonics. Yes, he was. He was with the Supersonics. Uh, he also coached the uh, the Diva and Mello. But yes. uh, so we got Carl is on the is on the is on the hot seat. Who else is on the hot seat for for NBA coaches? I'm going
2: to throw it out there, and it may be a shocker to you guys. Fred Hoiberg.
1: I I was going to say. Fred Hoiberg. I was going to say, are you taking mine?
2: No, this is one that. Mine was Hoiberg. Was it? Yeah. No, mine is not not this year. Next year. I I can say you can even fight for this year. We could see Hoiberg being the D Fish David Blatt fired after two years because what I'm seeing, maybe it's because it's my team, what we're seeing with players calling each other out and it just seems like a dysfunctional mess right now. We were what? third in the East, now we're at seven, could be at nine, could be out of the playoffs.
1: You could see it as just a thing where, you know, uh, the Bulls, you know, don't see anything in Hoiberg and they see a lot out on the market because, I mean, obviously I'm not going to bring back tips, but they might, you know, they might see a lot in Hornacek. They might see Hornacek and be like, all right, we wanted to bring in Hoiberg for offense, Hornacek obviously succeeded in uh, Phoenix in his first year, at least, and brought this team into a seventh, uh, you know, seventh best offense in the league. You got Jimmy Butler, who was a franchise piece. So I mean, Hornacek just, might be a
2: part. I'm just seeing this team, especially when Taj comes out and starts talking about how, like, you know what, I've seen us like more crushed at, like, we just lost the game, and I've seen us more crushed after wins.
1: I, ex- I, ex- yeah, yeah I extremely. I, I, I see that because I mean, this team is just falling apart. Really, they've fallen apart. I mean, I know uh, injuries play a key because mm-hmm. Paul's been injured, D Rose has been injured, Jimmy. Jimmy just Jimmy, actually, down. The D Rose has been healthy. That's the weird thing. But he, he's still not 100. percent You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, uh, who
0: knows what we'll see? 100, percent Jimmy? Or, I'm sorry, not D Rose. Derek, D Rose. Yeah. I
1: mean, hopefully we see 100, Jimmy, because that was that was Damn an right. ugly looking fall and uh-huh. he had to be carted <sighs> off. But it's only four weeks. But I, I still feel. Hoiberg is on the mark. I mean, on the hot seat, and you could see if if, if they want to bring I, I in someone new. Though, is, uh, I
2: give him the start of the next season to see if it's just like a mm-hmm. weird transition yeah. between coaches. But right now, this isn't looking good, and that's why Hoiberg is. If you said coach to look out for, Hoiberg's the one. Hoiberg I'm may at. be in
0: the hot seat, but is a problem. Garpacks, think about it. Because it I think be. I think they've always we, been a problem, though. It, it's look at how good Dibido. Is in past mm-hmm. context, looking back at it, you know, 2020. But yeah. like, look, he was a good coach. There was great, nothing. He was wrong a great coach. He just pushed his than, players. Yeah, and that was yeah. thing. He pushed his players to the limit. He you know used them much more than other coaches were comfortable with doing. Mm-hmm. But same time, we got results every single year out of him, and every single year we competed for you know a championship. Mm-hmm. So there's the question: Is okay? Well, we had that great run with him, and then with an extremely similar. Cast here, Hoiberg just can't even come close to those results. Is it his fault, or is it the fault that we haven't reloaded this team in the meantime to ensure we can continue? Competing? We haven't reloaded to fit but, his but also, ideal his Ho- system.
1: Hoiberg was brought in for offense. We've mm-hmm. fallen off from last year where we were offensively, and we obviously haven't. You know, re- we, we, we weren't where we were for you know defensively. So I can see that you know. Hoiberg might be the problem, but I also think you know Bryan is definitely a problem. I mean, he, the owner of the Bulls. I mean, he's just yeah, he's it's been
0: that way for the last you know a couple of decades. Yeah, and so.
1: he's not going to get rid of Garb Gar. So I, I don't know. I I feel like it's a lot of a lot of issues here with Chicago. So, I think Hoiberg's out there. I don't think that's kind of a crazy thing. I think Hoiberg's on the hot seat. Obviously, Byron Scott's on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. In LA. I was going to say
0: the battle of tank commanders here. Byron Scott,
1: Brett Brown. The battle of the
0: tank commanders.
1: How about this? The team that doesn't get the number one pick, their coach gets fired. I because think that's they, fair. Because they failed and even failed. That was their job. They failed you and They were failing. hired
0: to lose games and soak up pick. Look, but, that, it's still, that's but it's
1: still ping pong ball.
0: So, I don't know if you can completely go off of that.
1: It doesn't matter. They, they still both, both coaches suck though. I'm calling like I'm calling right now. Nothing are the to do
2: is
0: awful he pretty much ruined uh, i am gonna say ruined D'Angelo Russell's first half of a year personal just based off of personal like mm-hmm. he's like I don't like him as a person kind of shit it's like you know what you shouldn't just bench a rookie who's supposed to be the franchise going forward picking mm-hmm. up after Kobe you know for an entire fourth quarter like how do you not play? Your point guard for that?
1: Are you serious? And Russell really? I mean, he doesn't. He hasn't come out in the media and just been like, "Oh, this is awful." Like he's taken it kind of like a professional. And that's that's a great thing to see on the other side.
0: But this is the time when you you know you want him out there learning. You want him out there putting his minutes in on a team when it's zero pressure. His job is to go out there, figure out the ball, figure out how to work with guys like Clarkson. Mm-hmm. These are going to be your teammates going forward. You need to build that relationship up with them. And instead, you're sitting on the bench because your coach is an asshole.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, and looking at you know, Los Angeles, we obviously brought up Luke Walton before for the Knicks. But mm-hmm. he's obviously an, another choice for the, he's you know, an the option, yeah. He, he's for an the option Lakers, for it, it,
2: everybody looking for a coach. Uh, True. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, also, he's got I'm, – I'm looking at the two main ties. You look at New York. He's got mm-hmm. Phil Jackson. You look at the Lakers. That's where he played most of his career on the bench. So, I mean – That's I, a done. I think those, those – yeah, thank you. I think those <laughs> two – are are the obviously two head you know two candidates there if he, get, he if he does go into the head coaching room which he obviously will but I mean any any other teams out there I mean uh, Pelicans do they fire Alvin Gentry
0: because uh, they I think they, it's I I don't know if it's necessarily him on the it, it I don't think it's his fault. But they have underperformed. But he's not adding anything
1: as well. And obviously he's not, he's not, you know, fantastic. But has he added anything even in his, you know, gear with the Pelicans and even before that in Phoenix? He's really never been a star coach.
0: No, no. He doesn't do a ton to differentiate himself out from any other possible coaches out there. So I'm not totally, you know, saying he needs to keep this job for any reasons. I'm just saying he hasn't done enough to lose it yet. I'm gonna throw... I think this next year will be the mm-hmm. decider. If Anthony Davis stops progressing as a player, if we don't see them learn to use him in a new way or at least expand what he should be doing at this
1: point, I think we have a problem. I'm going to throw one final final uh, name out there. The Bucks suck this year. 22, the Bucks, and started, suck. 22 and 32. Jason Kidd, basically with the same team as last year, even adding Greg Monroe, they've sucked. Does, J, does J.K. get the, the the can? Does J.K. get the boot in uh, I mean, Milwaukee? I think Jason
0: gets just a bad head coach, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you think he gets think the he... boot? The boot? Man, there are a lot of head coaches who should there's get the a, boot. There's a lot of head coaches. There's, you know who I'm surprised
2: uh, th- still has a job? Who? If Frank Byron's Vogel. Guy?
0: No, Frank I really? Vogel.
2: Surpr- I feel like after that, it was the year that um, Indiana was going to beat LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Was that the Heat team? when Hibbert had the yeah, game one like, drive to the lane. After that year, I thought that Vogel should have been gone to Indiana, and it's a surprise that he is still around on that team. I mean, I know they're in the playoffs, they're the sixth seed, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow.
0: So That's because Paul George's plan lights out.
2: But it's one of those He's things where it's like, how, how well is Frank yeah. Vogel still Perception, the head coach though, of this whole. team? How is he still the head coach?
1: He lost in the conference semifinal. He lost in the conference finals and back-to-back years in 2012 mm-hmm. and 2013. Yeah. And then he fell off this last year, but they also didn't have Paul George the last year. I think I, I, it's weirdly enough because we, we said that you know, there's not a lot of great head coaches out there. I mean, looking even at Cleveland, they don't know if Ty- Tyron Lee is going to be an amazing I head coach. If
2: if they fired Tyron Lou I don't just think that's going to be. It. I don't yeah, think that's going to be. It, but, but that just adds another team that Luke Walton could go to because he has ties to Cleveland because he played there.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he, Luke Walton sweepstakes. Luke Walton. <laughs> who would ever like does like who who would ever think like Luke Walton's going to be the biggest free agent? Bill. No, but like, think about <laughs> it. Like, we, we we always make fun of Luke Walton on the bench. Like, oh, uh, Luke Walton's just you know he's Kobe's bitch. But yeah. now he might be the biggest free agent on the My market. My son, the, the biggest year. head
2: coach in My NBA. Glo- you don't know how a glockenspiel works? You bro- you broke it, Bill.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't.
2: It comes apart like that for travel. If you haven't seen
1: Bill glock uh, Bill Walton Bill glockenspiel Bill Walton <laughs> play with the uh, glockenspiel on the ESPN, it's absolutely fantastic. It's oh, and that's gonna be that. uh, the, the wrap up of uh, Nostradamus podcast, the fast break podcast episode. Let's see. Um well, what was Luke Walton's number in uh, LA? Do we, Does anyone have a, that four. number? four? It was 4. Quattro. That that works. Dave's been here for 4 weeks. It's number 4. Welcome to episode number 4 for uh, Fast Break pa- Well, goodbye to episode number 4 for the Fast Break podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. For Ricky Widmer. For Dave Oster, we will see you next week where we'll most likely be wrapping up the trade deadline, finally putting a cap to these trade deadline talks. Well, maybe we'll talk about the All Star deadline. But, anyways, follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. I am at, at Schwarbo. Ricky is at Ricky Widmer. And Dave is at Dave does not tweet.
2: We're still going to make that Twitter we, account. We will make that Twitter account. At Dave does not tweet.
1: If you're on SoundCloud, hit that pretty little heart button. If you're also on SoundCloud, repost this to all your friends because uh, we're pretty damn great. And then go, if you're on uh, YouTube, uh, like and subscribe and share this around because we're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers sooner rather than later. But uh, anyways, again, for uh, Sean Anderson, Dave Oster, and Ricky Widmer, this is the Fastback Podcast, and we will listen, or you'll hear from us next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.
0: This episode is made possible by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PWC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human led, tech powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket?